Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Nipur. We are back just in time for Turkey Day. So this week we are checking out Wild Turkey's Rare Breed Rye. So sit back, relax, grab your drinks, and we hope you enjoy the show. All right, we live, baby. <clears throat> you ready? No, sorry, I got choked up. Hey, it's a Nipur podcast. Hey, welcome back. Nick is here. And Shalanda's here, and I lost track of what episode we're on. All right. Um, well, we got Russell's here. We got Jimmy Russell here. It's Jimmy Russell's birthday recently. Oh, wow. Well, happy belated birthday, Jimmy. Yeah. So we got uh, two Wild Turkey products. We got Wild Turkey Rare Breed, the rye. We got Wild Turkey Rare Breed, the bourbon. And... um. So Shalanda had the rye breed rye. No, she had the bourbon already. Yeah, the bourbon's on the rye already. Yeah. And you got the, the, yeah, the rye. Yeah. So I was reading this book, you know, American Spirit by David Jennings. And I think he's rare breed 101 on the socials. Mm. Um, oh, but I don't think we've ever had a, a, a wild turkey episode. We have had one. With with what? I believe it was the rare breed. Oh my gosh! Now I'm gonna have to go and do some quick research real quick. But I do believe we did do a wild turkey episode, and yeah, we we've been you know kind of dropped the ball for like the past month because moving and all that. But yeah, I mean, you discussed the book as I looked this up real quick. <laughs> yeah, American Spirit. You know, it's um. It's the history of rye, it's the history of wild turkey. So from Rippy to Russell is how to refer to it. You know, Jim and Eddie Russell. Um Jim Russell, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Russell has been at Wild Turkey for like 60 years, I think, or something like that. Just an insane period of time. And um I just remember uh Julian Van Winkle kind of name checking Jimmy Russell in those days before Pappy Van Winkle was produced at Buffalo Trace and, and he was on his own when uh, uh, Van Winkle was on his own and he was had his bottling facility and whenever he needed help, he would call Jimmy Russell. Mm-hmm. And whenever he needed whiskey, he called Jimmy Russell. And, you know, he was just this figure that every time you look up a documentary about bourbon at all, uh, Jimmy's always in it. Um, we actually did a wild turkey um, episode. It was episode 39. It's when we did the rare breed compared with the wild turkey 101. Okay. Um, you know, Wild Turkey 101 and Maker's Mark, I think, are two products you see pretty much anywhere you go. Right. You know, even if it's at Walmart, right, you'll see those I two. I've never seen that at Walmart. Yeah, I oh, see. Wow. They Walmart's got a liquor section and um, right next to the Absolute Vodka and the, um, and the, fifth, and the fifths of uh, cinnamon whiskey. That you go get your Hennessy at? You always and then Hennessy, there's fucking cognac there too. Um, you always see Wild Turkey 101. Um, yeah, I never, you know, I didn't really get into Wild Turkey 101 until I started going to Lawman and Eagle, mm-hmm. and that's when they were saying how, you know, they use Wild Turkey 101 in their Manhattan's, mm-hmm. you know, so they're the top account in the state, I think, for a Wild Turkey 101. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they're the top account to stay for Buffalo Trace because that's what they use in their um, old fashions. Okay. Yeah. So, and I started to change my perception on Wild Turkey 101. That and I think the um, 
the the Violet Hour would always say, you know, any whiskey that's bonded, um, so it's ball and bond, four years, hind proof, any whiskey that you use that's bonded is going to be excellent in a cocktail. Mm-hmm. So that kind of changed my perspective on 101. So, and you go back to it and, you know, the fact that it's readily available and the fact that it's good and it's only like 20 bucks, you know, it's really one of the, I think one of the best whiskeys you can buy. I would say, for my money, the best two whiskeys in the country, all things considered, are um, Elijah Craig, Barrel Proof, and Wild Turkey 101. Mm-hmm. I think for those reasons, for if you if you consider everything, you know, taste, price, availability, you know. So, I, I think that's what got me into Wild Turkey. Okay. You know. Um, but yeah, we've taken this for a spin before this rare breed. Shalanda picked up the Kentucky Spirit. Mm. Do you remember that? I do. Um, it's been a while since I've had it, though. So, and it's basically just a single barrel version of Wild Turkey 101. Oh, wow. Yeah. But they've only got one bourbon recipe. It's not like Buffalo Trace where, you know, or Heaven Hill where there's Mashville 1 and Mashville 2. Mm-hmm. Wild Turkey's doing all these brands with just one recipe. Mm-hmm. So, I thought that was pretty interesting, too. Like, they're really working the hell out of this one recipe for bourbon. Obviously, they have a rye one, too. But, right. So... Yeah. Um, I think that's where our enthusiasm for wild turkey comes from. And then, you know, I say next to Maker's Mark is probably the coolest spot on the on the trail. Oh, they do have a dope space. Yeah. We didn't go there the last time. We went there the first time we went to Kentucky. Yeah. And um, you know, Jimmy was there in a rocking chair. Yeah, I have a picture of you and him. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. But then also, um also with you on top of the turkey. Yeah, and I'm riding like a little wooden turkey. With your hat on. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, so, you know, we got some experience with wild turkey products and then, you know, we got them on the bar and we like them. So, oh, so this book is what really kind of, I just started reading this book. So I don't know much about the full wild turkey story, but, you know, we were excited to run it back because Rare Breed Rye made the rounds. Now, Rare Breed is a barrel proof offering on the bourbon and the rye side. Mm Mm-hmm. And it comes in a really unique, pretty unique bottle. I would, I'd say, I don't know anything else that kind of comes into shape just like this. And then when you take the top off, like just the way that bottle looks, mm-hmm. you know, you don't really see too much like that on the shelf. So we wanted to take it for a spin, but I don't know what the big differences are between rare breed rye and rare breed rare breed bourbon from a taste perspective. So. Um, well, we about to find out now because this is the first time I we we just opened the bottle, so this is our first. Opinion. Let me do that Kentucky hug. Oh, not Kentucky hug. That Kentucky sniff. Are you making that face? <laughs> Is that I'm getting a lot of that spice just from the smell up front. No, that's really pleasant and warm, and you know, I've just had barrel proof products recently that were just overly spicy. And they definitely let you know that they were a high proof whiskey. This isn't really doing that at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's just just a very pleasant experience all the way through on that um on that rare breed. I'm quite surprised because you know normally when you get a, a spice, I mean a rye is usually like high in spice, but like you said, it's very mellow. Um, just you know, you get the little lingering, you get the the finish of it. It has a nice. Long finish, but not too overwhelmingly spicy. The caramel hits. Um, 
I'm digging this one. Um, this one is 112.2 barrel proof. And then the Rare Breed is 116.8. Yeah. So just a slight difference in barrel uh, proof. Yeah. Wild Turkey um, actually refers to uh, Wild Turkey Hill. It's a hill in Lawrence, in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. And I was trying to figure out the rippy part of this book. The Rippy part? Yeah, because the name of the book is American Spirit Wild Turkey from Rippy to Russell. Ah. So, you know, Russell obviously refers to the Russell family that runs Wild Turkey now. And um, the space that they go to, the space that we went to, the Welcome Center is called the Cathedral of Bourbon. Mm. You know, that's what they refer to it as. But um, the Rippy family was uh, their uh, French descendants and refugees from uh, Ireland. Mm. So they came from a town called Tyrone, Ireland. These uh, father and, you know, we started a family. So the father came with the with the mom and then the sons got into bourbon when they got here. Okay. Right. So um, what they did was they built a distillery called the Old Moor Distillery in the 1850s. And it's on the same land that Wild Turkey currently sits on. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what the, uh, the Rippey family did. And then if I got this right, the uh, Revolutionary War came. Um, and then that kind of split the family up because some of the family was with the Confederacy and some were not. So then that kind of changed the dynamic of the family business. So um, when it reemerged a few years later, it, uh, it reemerged with some more partners and it became the uh, the TB Rippy Cliff Springs Distilling Company. Mm-hmm. Right. When they had these other partners. Um, so then it talks about how the sons went through different iterations of owning breweries. I mean, distilleries. Right. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, um, what they did was uh, a, a crew from New York started to, they got a trademark on the name Rippy Bourbon. Mm-hmm. And so they started selling bourbon in New York. And the, the funny part was they started calling it Rippy Bourbon, but they were sourcing it from different parts of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Right. And that crew, and if you look at some of the old, um, if you look at some of the old wild turkey bottles, some of them say Austin Nichols on them. Right. So basically, this grocer from New York called Austin Nichols um, had the trademark to start selling Rippy Bourbon. And then after a while, you know, they actually went on wild turkey hunts and they said, what whiskey do you want? And instead of calling it the Austin Nichols whiskey, someone coined it, bring that wild turkey whiskey. Mm-hmm. So and that's where the name was born. So I think that's as far as I got in this book. So it just talks about the original Rippy family that came from Ireland and how the um, the first generation started working at distilleries. They just bought their own distillery. And then their story shifted when a New York grocer named Austin Nichols and Company uh, bought the rights to buy bourbon from Kentucky. And they were selling it at their grocery store. So from 1879 to 1923, the world's largest grocery store, <laughs> grocery wholesaler, was the Austin Nichols Company of uh, Brooklyn, New York. Oh, wow. Yeah. So then Prohibition hits, and then when Prohibition's lifted, they have an opportunity to fucking sell bourbon, so they just become wild turkey bourbon. Mm. Yeah, and that brings us to modern day. So, whew, I haven't gotten much past that part. But That was a whole mouthful right there. But that was pretty interesting. Look so, at nigga doing his liquor homework. Um, so that's where we are with these two. Um. I don't know, you know. I wish I was picking up more notes when I when I sipped the 
the wild turkey rare breed. What are you picking up? Um, compared to the rare breed, I think uh, there's more of a backbone with like a dryness to the rye than there is to this the the bourbon. The bourbon is um the bourbon has a lot more of those dessert forward caramel candy flavors where the rye kind of is more of a drying experience, almost like a, a pepper forward, almost like a little bit of like a lemon tea ca- character I'm compared to the bourbon. Like the dry apricot type. Um, You're right. <laughs> yeah. There's just different types of fruits. Yeah. Like the, I'm getting like apricot vibe. Cause you know, when you think about an apricot or like a date, there's more like a, you think about like the dried fruits in that sense. Where they're not overwhelmingly sweet, but it hits you with, you know, that dryness on the back end. Yeah, it's almost like, um, like if you were peeling a fresh fruit and then some of the rind of the fruit got into the juice you were trying to juice from a fresh fruit, where it's kind of bitter and sweet. That's an interesting assessment. I but never thought about it. Like the that. candy, but these, uh, more classic like baked goods flavors in that and I don't get those bittersweet fruit flavors that I get in the rye. In the bourbon I get rounder kind of uh baked dessert flavors and that's in the bourbon. Baked dessert flavors in the bourbon and the rye I get kind of bittersweet fruit flavors. You know the rare in the bourbon is give me when I made those um deep fried peach cobbler rolls. That bourbon is giving me that that hint of like that when you talk about like the well those necessarily wasn't baked but the dessert vibes. Yeah. Um, you know, after taking a ride on, you know, what was it? I think, uh, I think it was barrel proof uh, E.H. Taylor and just how big it was. I remember that day. <laughs> it's just kind of big and kind of violent. It's good to know that there are some products that. Or just have a warming sensation as opposed to like a straight up burn at 116 proof. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that's my favorite part of this. That and it's just a sipper. It's it's just um it's just delicious and has a nice kind of linger when every every time you sip it. And like nothing about it stands out as something you don't agree with. Right. That, that's that's my biggest takeaway from these. So is it safe to say that the red breed is your pick over the rye? I don't know. I'd say they're about even, but I might give the edge to the ride just because I'm really into those lighter notes. Mm-hmm. I'm into those lighter kind of floral, more spicy notes in the rye today than I am in the rare breed. Okay. Yeah. So I think I'm going with the rye if we're talking about these two. Um, I wonder how this compares to other ryes that we've had. Um, like, I think when we're done here, I think I want to try the... Uh, the New York Distilling Rye, the Garrett Oliver Single Barrel. I think that's our next show. Like, let's see where it ranks. All rise. We should do a blind pasting of rise. Yeah. So, but yeah, wanted to get an episode up and really just kind of focus on wild turkey and kind of share our experience that we've had with wild turkey and how, you know, I don't remember who I was having this conversation with, probably somebody at the day job. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, of the of the of the whiskeys that you associate with, like, you know, the pint format or some wino shit or some homeless shit. Mm-hmm. Right. Of those whiskeys, you know, whether it's old granddad or old wild turkey or, you know, 
whatever else comes in that format mm-hmm. or the shit that you see at like, you know, corner stores or Walmart, of those whiskeys that you see, I mean, you can always count on Maker's Mark and Wild Turkey 101. And of those two, I think that common drinker associates Maker's Mark as something that's a little fancier because of the wax. And they just kind of dismissive of Wild Turkey 101. I know I was until I started fucking with Longman. I mean, I have to admit that I was too. You know, you you know, we for a minute in the beginning of my bourbon journey, I started knocking like the shelf. It's like, oh, you know, it's just that cheap, you know, bourbon, whiskey, whatever. But once I finally got a hold to it, I was like, man, this, this shit is pretty damn good. It's tasty. And then when you um, understand, you know, context and how people are making, you know, classic drinks with this yeah. and kind of going out their way to highlight it as, hey, listen, we this is the only one we use for a certain drink. Right. When you start looking at it through that context, it changes your perspective. And then it really, it keeps you out of the, you know, snob lane and keeps you more into the, you know, enthusiast lane. Because mm-hmm. it's easy to get caught up in these fancy ass bottles. But, you know, the shit that's already on the shelf is is actually worth explore, exploring. And this is another lesson in that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, any more news, notes? No. I think that's, I saw that guy. We got anything else? I know. I think that's about it. So, you know, you can catch us collectively at com, and we will have new episodes coming. You know, we had some moving and action going on, but we're back. And uh, Nick, you want to do your sign out here? Yeah, man. Don't get divorced, man. Just pour another drink. <laughs> All right. Until next time, guys. Peace out.